This is Pastor Matt Harmless. Welcome to another episode of Edgewood Sermon Audio. This is the Sunday School lesson from December the 3rd, 2023, with Pastor Paul teaching us about decision-making. This is the seventh lesson on decision-making, and it's the next to last. Uh, If you have any questions, know that you can always reach out to Pastor Paul or myself with questions, especially ones about making decisions. All right, well, good morning. We are on lesson number seven of biblical decision-making, and you'll notice that our first slide is no longer the guy that looks like he's lost his mind and all frantic over making decisions. We have a method we're going to talk about today that is going to apply what we've learned about. But let's pray and ask for God's help on not just our lesson, but the morning and everything we attempt to do. Gracious God and King, we thank you for your word that you give to us. We hear your voice through your word, and you, in your word, confront us in our sin. You console us in our sorrow, and you comfort us with your grace, your salvation. Father, we are so thankful that you do that, that you are not content in leaving us where we're at. We are a mess, and we're born a mess, born in sin and bound to sin, and God, we know that we need your help in everything, including decision-making. I pray that you would help us to understand how to live in this world as dominion wielding, image-bearing people, that you would help us to reflect you. We, we ask for your spirit to work in our midst this morning in the teaching and the singing and every aspect that you would be enabling us to um, honor you and to be encouraged as we attempt to worship you through learning and through everything else we do today. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Looking for an extra. Oh, there we go. All right, just a quick, quick review. Remember, we're talking about when it comes to making decisions, we want to be in God's will. And we've talked about how his will includes, when the Bible says his will, it sometimes is talking about his plans, which includes everything. There's nothing outside of this circle that happens that is in not in his plans. Everything that happens and that has ever happened or will happen is in God's plans. That's his will, his secret will. But then we also talked about, the Bible talks about his will in terms of things to do, to be, to not do. These precepts, we call them his will of precept, gives us our goals, attitudes, actions, and perspective on life. And if I want to know how to make a decision, I should not be concerned about trying to guess what his plans are. I need to just be focused right here. And then last week, we spent a lot of time talking about wisdom and freedom, particularly that within his precepts, you have freedom to operate, freedom to make decisions. You don't don't have to feel like, well, I've 
constrained by this. I got to figure out these exact things. You have freedom. It's a beautiful thing. We summarized that lesson last week with the Proverbs 8:17 that I wisdom love those who love me and those who diligently seek me will find me. And we said as Christians, how do we get wisdom? And I gave you five sources. Prayer, that's what James says. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. So ask God for wisdom. And then scripture, obviously, <laughs> research in this world, right? Research what you're trying to work through. We don't need to be spooky about this. Um, counselors, and by that I mean other people in your life that are Christians. And frankly, don't even have to be Christians. If you're trying to figure out some of the research, you should go to people that have worked through this a lot. Now, you have to balance them, their counsel, with the Word of God, with Scripture, to make sure that they're not telling you something that is contrary to the Word of God. But we should not be afraid of what someone, like a financial person, uh, planner would say to you unless they're telling you to do things that don't seem right according to God's word. And then life itself teaches us. We gain wisdom from life. But that's, that was last week. Today I want to finally, you're probably like, golly, Moses, Paul, it took you seven weeks to finally get to a method on how to make decisions. I thought this was how to make decisions. It is. But I've got to lay a foundation. Um, and I really, a couple weeks ago, Todd kind of said, you know what it sounds like? We have made so many decisions without putting thought into the how and the why. And that was exactly right. That's why I've gone through all this. Because if we, if I just jump to this, I think a lot of the things in here would be, make sense kind of, but hopefully you'll have a fuller orbed understanding of why we're saying what I'm going to say in here. So first of all, there are some prerequisites to make biblical decisions. First of all, you have to be rightly related to God. In other words, you need to be saved. <laughs> if you're not a Christian, then biblical decision-making is going to be difficult because you're not going to have a mind that's been changed. You're not going to have the Spirit of God in you to guide you. 2 Corinthians 5, verse um, 20 in the second half, Paul says, we implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. If you are not reconciled to God, if you are in a state of broken relationship, which we're all born that way, this is the very first thing. Second, pursue, pursue a life of worshiping God. Pursue a life of worshiping God. Luke 10, uh, verse 38 through 42 is helpful in this regard. It's when Martha and Mary, Jesus is coming to their house, right? And Martha is all worked up about making everything just right for Jesus. It's good. But Mary sits down at the feet of Jesus and wants to hear the word of life from the word. And what Jesus says to her he says, well, Martha complains, like, shouldn't you tell my sister to work here? And he says, but the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. There's one needful thing. He says, Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. 
A life of worshiping God will help you make decisions well. If you are living apart from God, he's just a box that you do on Sunday. It's going to be difficult to make good decisions, right? Second, or third, deal with an unrepentant heart. Psalm 66, I believe, is the one where if I had regarded iniquity in my heart, the Lord would not hear me. Let me just make sure that's the right reference there. Psalm 66. Yeah. It says, if I had cherished iniquity, held on to it, didn't want to deal with it, sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. But truly, God has listened. He has attended to the voice of my prayer. I can tell you this much. You may try to apply all the decision-making principles that we've talked about or we're about to talk about. But if you are refusing to deal with sin in your life, you know that there's sin that you're just, you don't want to even change in. You're like, I'm just going to keep that and not deal with that. When you pray, you're prayers are going to feel like they're hitting the ceiling. And I think this is saying God is, he hears you because he hears everything. But I don't think he's listening. Don't be surprised if your decisions are going to be faulty. Because he's not going to be, what he'll be telling you when you pray is get right, get right, get right. So be saved, live a life of worshiping God and deal with sin in your heart. You're living now, hear me say, and I'll say the same thing I say about communion. That is not saying you cannot be sinless, that you have to be sinless to make decisions. That is not what I'm saying. You and I know if there's something, you and I, you and I, we each know if there's something in our hearts that we're not wanting to deal with. Deal with it. Fourth point is understand that truth, ultimate truth, right? So, Gravity is a truth, right? These different things we see, two plus two equals four is a truth. But ultimate truth is sourced in God alone. I love the example of eggs. When I was a kid, eggs were bad for you. Science said eggs were bad for you. Later we found out they're good for you. When I was a kid... Butter was bad for you. Margarine was the thing. Now we found out that hydrogen, you know, you don't, and they called it truth at the time. You know how much they say this is truth. Well, you know what? It was the best of their knowledge at that point. We have to be recognized. It's the best that they knew at that point. There may be other reasons sometimes. (laughs) But my point is, though, that ultimate truth that never changes is found in the word of God alone. Recognize God's sovereignty over all things. Proverbs 16, 9 says this. You know, the time it takes me to look them up this morning, I probably could have put them into the overhead. (laughs) The heart of man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. Understand, and I told this, I, dang it, (laughs) 
we were joking last night about how of his illustration uh, every week right now, because I know he's working through decisions of job making. And I said, oh, I didn't have anything planned, but if I say anything, it was on the spur. We were just talking just the other day about this job making decision that John's working through. And we got through a lot. And I said, you know what? At the end of the day, you're doing the right things. If you make this decision and it's a bad decision, it doesn't go the way you expect. God still ordained that. And it's okay. <laughs> right? If you find later that you did, you sinned in your decision, just seek forgiveness and move on. And realize God, if he doesn't really want this to work out, he's going to make it really difficult. He may lay you off, right? These are the prerequisites to making biblical decisions. Next, all those several weeks, six weeks of, of theology that we went through are principles that will inform this method. So specifically, God's precepts have bearing on all your decisions. There are precepts in here that apply to every single decision we make including the outfit I chose today. There is some precept that applies. So God's precepts, remember we talked about the word of God is sufficient for all your life. Second, and we talked about this a lot last week, the purposeful freedom that you have. It's not just that you're free to do whatever you want. Remember that your freedom should be used purposefully so that you're focused on how can I love others with this freedom. And then also desire. This is, I think, really important because remember we looked at all those wishes passages. Um, we talked about, uh, you remember Paul says, if you want to go eat with them, if you desire to do this, your desires factor into this. And Psalm 37, 4 says to delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. He'll shape you what your heart's desires should be. So keep in mind that there's no accidents in your choices as it relates to God's will of plans, the big outer circle. Jeremiah 17, 9 also says that our hearts are deceptive. So even though I have these desires, realize that my, my heart can also be tainted as well, which is why you have to balance all these other things with it. Okay. Questions before I jump into the process? Observations? I'm going to take a sip of coffee. Audrey. Mm-hmm. So that, you know, the, the person who's ignorant about let not even a hint of immorality be named among you mm-hmm. is going to hear, well, God said, I just don't, you know, there's just there's like a big line and then anything else sort of that. So 
Yeah, yeah. But that's ignorance of what the scriptures say. All right, which is why we said, under, um, did I just talk about using God's word? Where did I see that? Understand that truth is sourced in God alone. Oh. Okay, we figured it out. Is it the Bible? Well, Something like that? In the Word. In the Word. Yeah. So the first statement, if the person says, well, I don't, I don't know. There's freedom within God's plans. It all works out. I can do what I want. It's not a false statement. You do have freedom, and all of every choice you make falls within God's plans. But the big question is, does it fall within his precepts? <laughs> right? Just because you don't know that First Thessalonians 5, whatever that is, I think it's 5, maybe it's chapter 2, that says, um, let, you know, flee immorality. Let no, you know, um, it is God's will that you uh, be sanctified. If it doesn't, if they don't know that, you know, just like the, the officer that pulls you over and says, you know, you're speeding. He said, well, I didn't know the speed limit. He's like, okay, here's your ticket. <laughs> Ignorance of the law is no excuse. Oh, <laughs> you didn't have to tell us. <laughs> yeah. So this is the thing is that you, and you know, we could, someone could just pick and choose from what I'm saying. This is why it's a whole package deal. Uh, Charity and then John. Oh, well, two things. One, um, one thing that stood out to me last week, and you know, I think different pastors preach about this, and you only remember some things. But this is something I've never right. forgotten. <laughs> I don't remember because it came. I mean, it was we. I, I sat underneath a whole like teaching on decision making with James McDonald, which was life changing for me. But um, regardless of how it all turned out, but. He talked about, like, once you settle, like, okay, the plumb line of scripture, okay, this, this, this. He, he described it like a grandmother, and it was a personal memory to me because my grandmother used to do this. But my grandmother that makes chocolate chip cookies, peanut butter cookies, and oatmeal raisin cookies. And she comes to the, her grandchildren, and she says, choose. Yeah. And what she's wanting yeah. is for them to just simply choose which one they want. Mm -hmm. And that delights her. Mm -hmm. And so there was a freedom in understanding that. There may be times where it's the red car, the blue car, and the green car. And there's nothing biblically wrong at all. And Jesus exactly. is going, just choose. Exactly. Just choose. And I'm going to delight in the fact that you get to choose the one that actually yep. you like. Yes. On the same regard, though, John and I kind of been, we were commiserating last week because he popped in my store. I've, he could be an example. I could be an example. Because I'm in a phase, and I guess that's last week was a little worse than this week, but where I had a decision to make a year ago to mm. start a store. Right. I, I went to God, Matt, I went to God. We said, evidence yourself. Maybe we put a fleece out and we shouldn't have, but evidence mm. yourself that you will take care of our needs. We, we got confirmation on that, right? Mm -hmm. We both agreed. Then I said, God, these are, the, these are the things. I don't want to be rejected by my community and I don't want to be a failure. That's really embarrassing to me, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, Lord, God gave all the green signs. So I say, yes, I do it. Right. Yep. A year later, I have, in a in a, in a way, been rejected. Yes, by you have. Publicly. And, yes, publicly. Um, I'm going to have to confess failure because look, God is taking. It was a, like I didn't know Matt was going to step down. We didn't mm -hmm. know that, you know, mm -hmm. like, but he knew that. 
Mm-hmm. So you made a comment last week where you're like, you know, if you make bad decisions, don't end up letting it turn you on God. Like that, that's you. But what I almost am like, can we do a sheet on decision making recovery when it goes wrong? <laughs> because yeah. I find myself, John, and I were talking about, that, I find myself looking at at God right now, and I know Him. Like I know Him from Scripture. I know Jesus. I walk with Him in the cool of the morning. Yeah. So I know what He's about. But I want to be like, what? You did all. You mm-hmm. led me to a decision that did all the things I didn't want to do. Yeah. So the eternal state is the biblical is the bad decision making recovery plan. Yes. So we get to sit there and learn about all the things that God did in the midst of our sometimes foolish decision. But the other thing I don't want you to hear me saying: starting the store wasn't a morally wrong thing to do. No. God met your needs, and when you look back. He met your needs. He's taught you to depend on him. He's taught you to suffer with him in rejection. He's taught you many things. And when you bring when he brings you through, we're gonna hit this in two weeks. Good. Not not what I'm about to say, not the other part. It says in Colossians, Paul says that we are to fill up the sufferings of Christ. It's only one phrase in a whole sentence, but I'm going to spend the whole sermon just on that one phrase because it is one of the most difficult phrases for me in the Bible. It sounds to me that the sufferings of Christ were not completed on the cross. And I'm like, it's because it says, fill up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions. Like, how in the world is what Christ did on the cross incomplete? It can't mean that. Well, what in the world does it mean? One thing I can tell you that it does mean is that life is going to be hard. And it's hard to figure out how in the world it is that I made it hard, Satan made it hard, God made it hard, ultimately God made it hard. Right? God brings Job all the way through. He does. He'll bring all of us all the way through. And there really isn't a clean and simple answer. Like, if you didn't make that decision... Well, who can, you know, the, there are infinite amount of possible things that could have happened if you didn't make it, right? There could have been all kinds of infinite, infinite possibilities if you didn't go to flight school, John, right? But we can trust him in it all. And it's, I take comfort in like, well, me making the flight school decision or starting a business wasn't a sin. I leaned on you, I trusted in you, and you brought me through. It really stinks that it ended this way. I mean, both of you, both of us thinks that it ended this way, right? Well, the, the, the challenge is to not listen to the evil one. Yes. Who's screaming in your ear. Yes. See, Jesus was mean. Yes, yes. So, he actually led you into something that you get, and honestly, I feel arrogant yeah. saying I gave him terms. <laughs> I don't want to be humiliated. I don't want to be rejected. Yeah. I don't want this to be another failure on, in charities. But you told him you're once. They weren't demands. <laughs> Well, and even if they were, but if they were, how I respond. And if you exactly, and if you if you look back and you say, "Well, I demanded," well, God forgive me for demanding of you. I can't tell you what to do. And His grace is free, right? Isn't that that should be encouraging? Like, we can't. We're not guaranteed a soft and cushy life. I've got ten thousand dollars of debt sitting out there, covered in rust underneath that. Yeah. Right? The door cracks when it opens. I'm thinking 
That door may not open next time. Great. What am I going to do about that? Why, oh, why, oh, why did I not have it taken to a mechanic before I bought that vehicle? It's a painful thing. Now, yeah. Good. John? <laughs> this is good. Let's make, let's make it really clear, all the failures. We're, we're, we're in a failure competition right now. It was the mention of all the people that were blessed in the last year. Oh, totally. All those conversations you've had. I know that should be good enough, right? <laughs> uh, I, in my personal study, I've been thinking about this as well. And only recently hit upon this idea that Paul, he constantly was coming to a why in his road. A lot of times he said, I, I wish I could be in Macedonia with you. I'm going to do it next year. Even though news travels at the speed of donkey and boat and things change. In the scrolls, he wanted the scrolls and the coat. But you know he agonized over these things. So that last line right there is a way of saying, keep the kingdom in mind, because that's what the word sovereign means. He is king over it all. There's nothing that happens out of his rule and his domain. And you can rest in that. We, I like what you said about the temporal, because we do get so locked into the, the short term, and even this life of suffering, we get locked into this is it. But the suffering... The bad decisions, they're all meant to teach us, to mold us, as we're going to see in our passage this morning and I'm going to preach on. It all is working towards an end where you can stand when Christ takes you and presents you to the Father. You are above reproach. You know what that means that you're going to find out again? You guys are going to preview here. No one, not even the accuser, can put an accusation against you which is crazy to think about if you think about how many times, how many things there could be accusations of you could, that are real right now, right? I have things that from my past that people could pick up and say, you did that. But I somehow, when I get before the throne of God, the accuser's mouth will be shut. I will have the righteousness of God on me. That's gotta be so encouraging to us. Okay, so we said the principles. 
All right. Steps. Process. We are practical people. Tell me how to do this, Paul. (laughs) First of all, Paul gets through 11 chapters of Romans that are exalting in the glory of God and the amazing grace and our freedom from sin and all of that stuff. And he says, therefore, therefore, brothers, in light of these mercies, treat yourself, consider yourself as a living sacrifice. When it comes to decision-making, and if you're, you know, start your day like this, consecration. That means set aside, focused for God. And say, my life is a living sacrifice. And when it comes to the decision, start it with prayer and say, God, I'm yours. I want to please you in this decision. If this, is, this is the first thing you have to do. Second, pray. That supplication is an old word for pray. <laughs> and specifically, supplication means is like petition. Ask God. James 1.5, if any lacks wisdom, ask God. So you're going to pray, you're consecrate yourself, God, I want this decision to honor you, which is what I hear both John and Charity did. John's doing, Charity did in that decision. God, we want you to be honored by this. Would you give us wisdom in it? And then you go get information. It's really practical. You're like, wait a second. This is supposed to be just the Bible. Well, the Bible's involved in this, but Proverbs 18, 13 says, If one gives an answer before he hears, it is folly and shame. In other words, it's foolishness to go ahead and say, here's what I'm going to do. After you've even done this, you need to do the hard work. (laughs) Okay? So then, study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that does not need to be ashamed. That's 2 Timothy 2.15. Study the Bible. We've talked about this in the precepts. You need to think, okay, and, and you may have to go to somebody like your pastor or a wise Christian friend who's like, you, you know, I'm not sure what the Bible would have to say about this decision. So we're going to talk about counselors in a minute, but would you first just tell me where should I look in the Bible? <laughs> because there's a lot in here, and, and hopefully you don't pick, try to figure out what to do by going, and Judas went out and hung himself. Go do thou like what you know, That's not what we're talking about, Right? You need to study direct commands. What does the Bible say? Do not do this or do this. One specific command that I have found many of my friends have done, because I don't know what they're thinking. Maybe they just try to rationalize it. But Paul says in Corinthians, do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. And they go and start a business with a guy who's really wise but an unbeliever. My friend did that and found out that my, his friend had a crack addiction. Ruined the business. My friend had to declare bankruptcy. I had counseled him. Is this guy a Christian? No. Well, the Bible says don't do it. Well, he did it. I'm not saying that always happens. But you're looking for direct commands? Don't start a business with an unbeliever. Christian. Now, this is different Joining a corporation that, that don't let's make it fuzzy here. <laughs> I'm just trying to give you one little specific practical principle here. You could also use that to don't marry an unbeliever because your value systems are different. There are some direct commands that might relate to your decision. Commands that are either prohibitions or do this. Okay. Then look for applicable principles because you're not going to find uh, don't take marijuana. You're not going to find a verse that says that. 
but there are applicable principles to not be controlled under the influence, right? To, there's multiple things we could apply there. Find what applicable principles apply from the word of God to your decision. There, there is. Yeah, yeah. Besides, you mean asking people. This is what I said. I think the first thing that that new Christian should do is be discipled. And that person who's being, helping them grow and learn about what the Christian faith is about, go to that person and they should say, what does the Bible teach about this? That's what church is about. This is what church is about. I think that's that whole island Christianity mentality. Yes. That's where so many things have gone wrong. Because people are just islands to themselves. They're not involved in the community. Like, you should be in a church where you can go, okay, pastor. This is, poor John, my illustration punching bag. I told him this the other day, too. I said, this is unusual for someone to come to me and say, hey, I'm working through this job decision. What should I do? And I said, this is what the church is about, right? Todd's done the same thing. We've, done, we've worked through decisions together. Uh, Andrew, we did the same thing with your decision. It, it, this is what we are here together to do, right? Chris, when you think about, okay, maybe I am going to buy a different farm instead of that thing. <laughs> if you, like, let's do it together. Let's think that through. Now, I can't, don't have the final authority for you to make that decision. I have an authority in my life as your pastor. If I see you in sin, say, that is wrong. Do not do that. <laughs> but we're here to lean on each other, Right? There are tools. I've not been found, I have not really found very many that I'm happy with on the whole. Right, Nave's topical Bible is a classic old one um, that does a pretty good job. But at the same time, you have an awesome library full of all kinds of you oh, yeah. it, he's got a book on it. Right, right. That's probably true. If there's if you've got a question about a topic, I probably have a book on it. <laughs> um, that's that might be helpful for you. But that's, that's true. When coming to someone else, say, well, do you have any tools that would help me think through this topic? There's a book that, on decision-making for end-of-life decisions that's in my queue to get. I don't own that one, but that's one I haven't had to face with other people yet, but I'm sure it's coming, right? That's, that's a tough one. Biblical decision-making when it comes to the end-of-life decisions. Not just your will, but like... You know, powers of attorney and life support systems and thinking through that. That's tough stuff right there. Um, Nave's topical Bible is good. Uh, what's that topical counseling spiral bound thing? Is it cruise? Um, it's, 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 like it, it's, it's spiritual scripture references. Yeah, I'm trying to think of the author's name. It's like, um, it's purple. Yeah, there's a purple and a green one. There's a one for teens. At any rate, that's probably the best thing I've found that has topics that are related to life. Um, it's like charities have probably got some back here. Right. It's like adultery, all the verses. Yeah. You know, right. Even disobeying parents, yeah. parenting, all of that. We have it. I have copies. We've got copies. If you're wanting, like, what does the Bible say about that? That's probably the best thing I've found from a tool. We have one at home that's called the Bible Lists. Mm. Yeah. 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 
got attacked by a fly right while you were talking. I'm like, what the heck? It's the middle of winter. Okay. And then Strong's Concordance is helpful that way. There's several tools like that. It'll help you look up certain words. The problem is, is looking up certain words, the Bible may not have that word for you. Like power of attorney is probably not going to be found there. <laughs> so you got to put your thinking caps on a little bit. Here's what I mean. This next list helps you think through applicable principles from the Bible. Okay? Ask yourself, is this something I can thank God for? If I do this thing, can I thank God for it? I think your handouts um, have a bunch of references beside each of those, don't they? Let me know if you do. Otherwise, I'll give you a few. Someone? Right beside the word, is this something I can thank God for? Does it have three or four references in parentheses? Okay, good. Okay. Then I won't rattle them all off for you. But Colossians 3.17, I think, says uh, in everything, yes. Colossians 3.17, whatever you do, whatever decision you make in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God, to the Father through him. If I'm going to make this decision or even this thing I'm trying to decide about, is it something I can be thankful for? Is this something that will glorify God? Can I glorify God in this decision? If you come to your, like, working through, like, I don't know how God will be glorified through this. What I mean by that is if you know God would be unglorified if I do it, then don't do it. Okay. Yeah. I think you'll appreciate the And I'm not going to rush through this, so let's just keep, we can continue next week. Well, the connection that this made for me based on this teaching, I think I went into this teaching thinking in terms of big decisions. Yep. Buy the house, start the business, what job, right? Right. But last week, I had, I don't think in terms, like when you make, when you respond to things, I don't think in terms of that being a decision. Mm. You know, we use different words for it. Right, right. Will I choose to send, will I, how will I respond? Yeah. But I had this opportunity to respond wrongly to something. I really wanted to. And it, God just stopped me and went, this is a decision. Mm. Like it became an every moment sort of thing. And yeah. then I heard Paul in my ear, you, and the scripture say, will this glorify God? Is this unbiblical? Because mm. right away, like that just, you can you can decide right there. And I went, no. Yeah. And then, yeah. but I didn't think of that daily choice making as, like I didn't use the word decision. I don't know why. I love that because here's the thing. When you go to the Bible, it's not written like an encyclopedia. And you have to think about this, that it is a story that will inform your world and your worldview. And sometimes when you're looking up even ideas, think of synonyms and the reality that every response I make in my life is a decision. It is, everyone. How did I miss that? Like, because then it became very easy in that moment. It became much easier in that moment to not be emotion driven. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know if you're talking about the email that we received. No, well, there's been... Because we got a nasty email from somebody. It doesn't even in the church. And, and Matt calls me. He's like, I don't know if you want to know about this. And part of me wants to go, yeah, I want to know about this. <laughs> but I work through these things, and I'm like, no, I'm not going to entertain this. And I like, no, don't tell me anymore. So, because they're not a member here. They don't even attend here. Why bother? <laughs> I don't need to entertain that. It's going to ruin my day anyway. <laughs> okay. Third thing, is this thing worth imitating? And what I mean by that is if I do this, 
Do I want other people imitating me and doing this? Right? So Paul says in Philippians 4, 9 to... Finally, uh, no, that, what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, the Apostle Paul, what you've seen him do, practice these things. So if I make this decision this way, is this something I want others to follow? Because this should be our practice. The things that I do, I should want others in principle to be doing the same things. If, if it's worth God honoring, if it's God honoring itself, right? Okay, another applicable principle, is this following the example of Christ? 1 John 2, 6. Whoever says he abides in Christ, in God, ought to walk in the same way which he walked. So you can think, okay, from a principal's perspective, you've seen this with, with Pastor Matt when he preaches through Luke. He unpacks all these things like, I didn't see that before because he's thinking big picture. What do I see Jesus doing? Think about the example of Christ when he's on this earth. Even though there's not a command for some of the things that he does, he's setting an example for us to follow. Does this decision, is this following in the example of Christ? Okay, is it beneficial? So that is, that 1 Corinthians 10, 23 is every, all things are lawful for me, but not all things are beneficial. Yes, I have freedom, but not everything is going to be helpful or good or build up. And then is this a practice that over time will tend to master me? So deciding whether I'm going to... Um, Help me out. I'm thinking of young people, and I don't want to punch them be the punching bag, the video games thing, but we it tends to become a master in their life. Our kids were asking us how YouTube influencers get money if they become YouTube influencers. Yeah, what did I say? Influencers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of these people become slaves to this. Yes. Really. There you go. Thank you. That is a great example. So many young people see these YouTube people who are incredibly rich. It's mind-boggling how rich they get. This Mr. Beast guy. Oh, my goodness, that guy's got so much money. And he does these things just to give away money. And it's so enticing to make your living off of doing a YouTube channel. I have some friends that have tried it and, like, They've got like maybe 20 subscribers now. It has not become what they want. But let's say it does, and you've got a great idea. Will that master me? Well, there's a good chance. And how are you going to know? Find out what it's doing to the lives of others. Okay, I'm going to stop there. We'll come back next week with the rest of the method. And then if we get through that all next week, we'll kind of walk back through it and apply a decision for an example. So be thinking about a decision you've had to make recently or you're trying to make, and we'll use that as our, our guinea pig. Oh, my word, these guys are the worst. One minute. No. Oh. Here, I'll turn the <laughs> That's what we need to do. Oh, my goodness. The clock isn't for me. I am willing to get a bigger 
shirts for Gene. Put one out there, yeah. My goodness. I'll Velcro it onto him. Is there a bigger spot than that? I bought the All right. Well, you are dismissed. We are going to pick up next week with the rest of this lesson. Thank you.